0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris, and today our passage comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Like always, we're going to read our passage, figure out what it's saying. And make some application. So here we go. Matthew 1, 17, 18. I'll take that back. 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. It's pretty wild to think that we're um, about here, you know, into the month of December, and and we're towards the end of the year and i mean this year's flown by i don't know if it has for you but i think it's great that we're taking this whole month of december to really just slow down and think about jesus's birth and the significance of it Uh, just in these couple of verses there's some pretty cool things that i think we could think about and focus on They're, they're kind of all over the place i hope that's okay but uh it's just what I think the text is, is giving us here to think on. Verses 18 and 19, introducing Jesus' birth. And the, the first, you know, conflict that we come to in the text is, hey, Joseph is about to leave Mary. Uh, well, what? Um, Mary is uh, about to, you know, is going to give birth to a child. While she's betrothed to Joseph, and her and Joseph have not slept together. So Joseph is pretty concerned how she's pregnant. So, well, that must mean she's slept around, and he's going to go to the local elders and submit his certificate of divorce. He's going to do it quietly, because he doesn't want to ruin Mary's reputation any more than what's going to happen She's going to have a ruined reputation if she has in fact slept with this man out of out of wedlock, uh, so Joseph is quietly backing out of it, and there can you can see that there could be some honor on Joseph's side that he's not making a big deal about it. he's not dragging her out into the street she's not he's not you know pointing signs hanging signs up above her house, pointing fingers, and getting people riled up about what she's done. Joseph seems to be a pretty, um, a man of integrity here. It could also give us some insight into the fact that Matthew is the only passage to have an exception clause when it comes to um, divorce in, in the Sermon on the Mount teaching, and that would be something to get into in a, in a different podcast. It's also interesting that Joseph, that the angel of the Lord, appears to Joseph in a dream. What we get from the book of Luke is that the angel, Gabriel, comes to both Zechariah and to Mary, not in a dream, but instead actually seems to approach them in, I guess you could say, the real world, to speak to them about what's going to happen but Matthew gives us a a different view of what happens with Joseph is that the angel actually comes to Joseph in a dream why? I don't know there's there's plenty of instances in scripture where God or an angel of the Lord speaks to someone in a dream Uh, I don't think that's um, downplaying Joseph's role or hey Joseph isn't good enough, valuable enough um, to, to, to be approached in the non-dream land. So he, I don't think anything like that's meant to be inferred. It's just interesting to note that Joseph is approached differently than Zechariah or, or Mary. So the angel comes to him in a dream. He says, hey, don't worry about what's going to happen. Don't go and do the scene that you're thinking about doing. What's in her is from the Holy Spirit you're going to bear a son his name's going to be Jesus for he will save people from their sins many ways to look at this i think one of one of the interesting ways is the the name jesus can also be rendered as joshua and uh, joshua is a savior for the people of, of israel and in the same way jesus is going to save people from their sins Matthew adds, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel. That comes from Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7 is just, it's one of those books, man, where uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of background going on. And I really encourage you anytime you go to, or anytime you approach a prophecy in the New Testament, don't just figure out where the reference is from and 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 simply acknowledge, oh, it's from this book. What's great to do is to to read the context that it's placed in, because oftentimes New Testament writers are pulling in a a single kind of maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's a sentence, maybe it's a, a string of sentences, a thought, and and are bringing it up for the purpose to bring about the whole context that's set in. There's so many good examples of this. Um, Richard Hayes' book called Reading Backwards goes through a lot of these, and he kind of gives me the reason to read Scripture the way I do. And so when we come to a verse like Matthew 23, um, what's the context that this is occurring in Isaiah? Well, it's a much different context. This is God speaking to Ahaz just before... Israel and Syria come to attack Judah. And so there's there's a warning that's being placed before Ahaz, and it's it pretty much is, you did not believe in me. You did not trust in me. Now what's going to happen is this terrible onslaught from your enemies, and you're really, really, really going to suffer. And as you know, that's a lot of the prophecies in the Old Testament read that way. But let's uh let's think about Isaiah chapter seven. Some of the things that the um that the prophet tells us about has to do with uh what's about to happen to, to Judah. And one of the things that he mentions is that this young woman is going to conserve it's an unnamed woman. It's going to conceive and bear a son. You're going to call his name Emmanuel and before he's really able to eat or before he's able to know good and evil, this great evil is going to come upon you, and you're going to be judged. That's that's the context of of a lot of evil things happening. It's a judgment from the Lord, and and so before and and, and really why they have to bring up how this boy is going to be born and that the judgment's going to come before he um, before he can you know even eat is to show the the quick nature of how this judgment's going to come about it's it's going to be it's coming very soon you know a year or two and this judgment's going to come that's the original context of the prophecy well, what do you think we do with something like that when we take it over here to Matthew's context you have a young boy being born call him Emmanuel because it means god's close it means god's with us God's united to us is how Calvin interpreted it. What do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that the context is a context of judgment? What do we do with the fact that the context of this prophecy has to do with judgment coming quickly? I think this is a beautiful context our 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 chapter in Matthew is beautiful, talking about the birth of this baby boy who's going to be a savior. I think with this salvation comes judgment. Jesus as judge is announced very, very quickly after his uh, title of of Savior and God with us. What it often means for God to come close is, yes, salvation occurs, but it's because judgment is there. Judgment is brought on his people. and uh, You and I have no fear of judgment, though, right? For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. We don't fear judgment. Judgment is something we welcome because we know we are in Christ. And Christ's righteousness covers us. Beautiful section of scriptures here. I hope you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine sincere ways. Peace and love.